Chapter 30 of Gunsight Pass How Oil Came to the Cattle Country and Brought a New West by William McLeod Rain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. On the Flyer West, his friends not in evidence, artfully waylaid Graham on his way to the private car. Hello, Henry B. Sorry I couldn't see you yesterday, the railroad builder told West as they shook hands. You taking this tram? Yes, sir. Got business takes me east. Drop in to see me sometime this morning, say about noon. You'll have lunch with me. Suits me. About noon, then, agreed West. The conspirators modified their plans to meet a new strategic situation. West was still of opinion that he had better use his card of entry to get his friends into the railroad builder's car, but he yielded to Dave's view that it would be wiser for the cattlemen to pave the way at luncheon. Graham's secretary ate lunch with the two old-timers, and the conversation threatened to get away from West and hover about financial conditions in New York. The cattleman brought it by awkward main force to the subject he had in mind. "'Say, Horace, I want to talk with you about a proposition that's on my chest,' he broke out. Graham helped himself to a lamb chop. "'Sail in, Henry B. You've got me at your mercy.' At the first mention of the jackpot gusher, the financier raised a prohibitive hand. I've disposed of that matter, no use reopening it. But West stuck to his guns. I ain't aiming to try to change your mind on a matter of business, Horace. If you'll tell me that you turned down the proposition because it didn't look to you like there was money in it, I'll curl right up and not say another word. It doesn't matter why I turned it down, I have my reasons. It matters if you're doing an injustice to one of the finest young fellows I know, insisted the New Mexican staunchly. Meaning the convict? Call him that if you've a mind to. The governor pardoned him yesterday because another man confessed he did the killing for which Dave was convicted. The boy was railroaded through on false evidence. The railroad builder was a fair-minded man. He did not want to be unjust to anyone. At the same time, he was not one to jump easily from one view to another. I noticed something in the papers about a pardon, but I didn't know it was our young oil promoter. There are other rumors about him, too. A stage robbery, for instance, and a murder with it. He and M. Crawford ran down the robbers and got the money back. One of the robbers confessed. Dave hadn't a thing to do with the hold-up. There's a bad gang down in that country. Crawford and Sanders have been fighting him, so naturally they'll tell lies about him. Did you say this Sanders ran down one of the robbers? Yes. He didn't tell me that, said Graham thoughtfully. I liked the young fellow when I first saw him. He looked quiet and strong. A self-reliant fellow would be my guess. You bet he is, West laughed reminiscently. Let me tell you how I first met him. He told the story of how Dave had handled the stock shipment for him years before. Horace Graham nodded shrewdly. Exactly the way I had him sized up till I began investigating him. Well, let's hear the rest. What more do you know about him? The Albuquerque man told the other of Dave's conviction, of how he had educated himself in the penitentiary, of his return home and subsequent adventures there. There's a man back there in the Pullman knows him like he was his own son— a straight man, none better in this western country, West concluded. Who is he? Memerson Crawford of the D-Bar Lazy R Ranch. I've heard of him. He's in the jackpot company, too, isn't he? 
He's president of it. If he says the company's right, then it's right. Bring him to me. West reported to his friends, a large smile on the wrinkled face. I got him going south, boys. Come along, Em. It's up to you now. The big financier took one comprehensive look at Emerson Crawford and did not need any letter of recommendation. A vigorous honesty spoke in the strong hand grip, the genial smile, the level, steady eyes. Tell me about this young desperado you gentlemen are trying to saw off on me, Graham directed, meeting the smile with another and offering cigars to his guests. Crawford told him. He began with the story of the time Sanders and Hart had saved him from the house of his enemy into which he had been betrayed. He related how the boy had pursued the men who stole his pinto and the reasoning which had led him to take it without process of law. He told the true story of the killing, of the young fellow's conviction, of his attempt to hold a job in Denver without concealing his past, and of his busy week since returning to Malapi. "'All I've got to say is I hope my boy'll grow up to be as good a man as Dave Sanders,' the cattleman finished, and he turned over to Graham a copy of the findings of the pardon board, of the pardon, and of the newspapers containing an account of the affair with a review of the causes that had led to the miscarriage of justice. "'Now about your jackpot company, what do you figure as the daily output of the gusher?' asked Graham. "'Don't know. It's a whale of a whale.' Seems to have tapped a great lake of oil half a mile underground. My driller Burns figures it at from twenty to thirty thousand barrels a day. I can't even guess because I know so blame little about oil. Graham looked out of the window at the rushing landscape and tapped on the table with his fingertips absent-mindedly. Presently he announced a decision crisply. If you'll leave your papers here, I'll look them over and let you know what I'll do. When I'm ready, I'll send McMurray forward to you. An hour later, the secretary announced to the three men in the Pullman the decision of his chief. Mr. Graham has instructed me to tell you, gentlemen, he'll look into your proposition. I am wiring an oil expert in Denver to return with you to Malapi. If his report is favorable, Mr. Graham will cooperate with you in developing the field. End of chapter 30